We've all heard the phrase, can't see the forest for the trees, which refers to being so focused on one single thing that you miss the entirety of your circumstances. You miss the rest of what's going on around you. This is so true in our faith walk. It's easy to get caught up in the hectic moment or crisis facing us right now that we forget God who is sovereign. It's easy to get so filled up in the day-to-day, scheduled to the max routine that we forget the one who has numbered all of our days. It's easy when we get caught up in the love of friends and family and the love of the blessings that God has poured out on us to turn them into idols and to forget the one who is love himself. It's easy to miss the forest for the trees. See, when we stop talking to God, when we stop that conversation, we forget that God is in control in the worst of times and in the best of times. We lose, we get so focused on our circumstances that we lose sight of what we have in Christ. Prayer, conversation with God in our day-to-day lives is crucial. It's so important in our relationship with God, in our growth as God's people. We know this from Scripture, and as you've read through Scripture, maybe the familiar stories growing up, you probably noticed that in Scripture, the people tend to, to pray at all times. They tend to pray in the worst of situations and in the best. Sometimes that might astound you. How can they always remember to go back to God? You know, when we see Mary after the angel visits her, and she sings back this beautiful prayer that we call the Magnificat, or Nehemiah in the Old Testament, after he asks for God's help and God delivers him, he returns thanksgiving. Or on the other side of things, when Israel was in slavery in Egypt and felt abandoned by God, they still lift up their prayers, asking for help. Or Job in the Old Testament, in the midst of despair and anguish, in lament after his, his children, his livestock, his home, his health had all been taken from him. He still continued to lift up his heart to God in lament and in honesty, but also had the faith to say, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that God is on my side. I know that God will deliver me. Or David, the the great king, who fled in turmoil and fear, first from Saul and then after from his own son Absalom, still prayed to God and trusted in God's providence that God would deliver him in all of their circumstances, in despair and joy. In lament and in hope, these saints prayed to God. They continued the conversation, no matter what came. When you think about your deepest relationships, the people you trust most, the people you feel like you can go to with anything, who are always there and have your back, no matter what comes, how did you develop that kind of friendship, that kind of relationship with the other person? I believe it happens through conversation and through unhurried time with the other person as you've, you've spent time with them and you've gotten to know their story and you've walked with them long enough that their story is now your story. So your lives have become intertwined as you've walked together, talked together, suffered together, laughed together, struggled together in life. 
That's how you get to know the character of someone else, uh, of the people that we trust. It's the same way with God. He wants that same kind of relationship with us. God doesn't want to be a distant God. He doesn't want to be unknown. He wants to be near us. He wants to have a close relationship with us. He wants us to know who he is and to have that conversation with him. That conversation starts by hearing him speak in the words of scripture, by knowing the Bible story, by going through and hearing those words again and again. But it's knowing the whole story, not just, your, not just the gospel story, not just your favorite childhood stories from the Old Testament, the whole story from creation to fall, redemption to restoration, from Genesis 1 verse 1 in the beginning God to Revelation 22 verse 21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. Amen. The whole story of scripture. We need to know it beginning to end. We need to be in God's word. And as we know God's word, we're free to respond in prayer. We, we develop that kind of heart that prays like David when we feel afraid and unsure. We lift up our laments and our despair to God in hope like Job. We cry out in prayer like Israel in the most hopeless of situations. And we sing back God's praises like Mary and cry out in thanksgiving like Nehemiah. We see every great relationship happens through honesty and conversation. It happens as we read scripture and respond in prayer. That's how we keep the relationship, the conversation with God going. That's how we develop that deep relationship. And when we stop, things fall apart. If you just want examples or proof of this, then all you need to do is look at the story of Israel in the Old Testament. Look at their history. Every time they wandered away from God, it was because they stopped worshiping. They forgot the Torah, the the law, the prophets of the Old Testament. They stopped praying to God. The conversation stopped. And they wandered away. They went astray. See, this usually happened for one of two reasons. First, Times were good. They felt blessed. They lived in a land described as flowing with milk and honey. Everything was happening just how they expected, and they felt like they were self-sufficient. I've got all I need. I don't need God. I can handle it by my own power, by my own strength. We've got the resources. We'll figure it out. We can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Or second, times had gotten hard and everything fell apart. And they felt like God was impotent. He couldn't deliver them. He didn't care about them anymore. They felt like God had turned his face away, and so why bother anymore? And so they turned to their own measures, or to other gods, or they gave up altogether on God. The reality is when we go astray, we fall into the same traps. Times get hard. Tragedy strikes. The unexpected happens. And we think that God doesn't care or he's not powerful enough to deliver us from his circumstances. Like things are out of control and he's, he's not really Lord. And so we turn away. Or because we live in a blessed country where we have freedoms and rights, where we have an abundance of resources. We think we're self-sufficient. We think we know what's best. We think we can handle it on our own by our own strength and our own ingenuity. And so we cast God aside. 
time and again. When the conversation with God stops, we forget that he is in control in the best of times and in the worst of times. We lose sight of the forest as we focus on the tree. We get so focused on our circumstance that we lose sight of what we have in Christ. Identity, security, meaning, life, hope, peace that cannot be taken from us. The greater things, the things we long for are all found in Christ and nowhere else. They will not satisfy. See, Paul in today's epistle lesson has this amazing prayer. He doesn't pray for the circumstances of those in Ephesus to change. Rather, he prays that wherever we might find ourselves, that we might come to know God in a deeper, more profound way, that we might know who God is and we might know what he has done for us and have the knowledge in the wisdom of the Spirit, that we might see and know God more deeply, that we might know his heart, his ways, his love for us. See, that's what scripture is all about. It's about revealing to us who God is. When we read through scripture, we get a picture of a beautiful God who will not abandon us or forsake us, us, but he does long for us to come to him. As we come to know that story, we come to see that in the best of times and in the worst of times, all of our longings are still only met in Jesus. At the end, Jesus is at the center. He is the point of it all. Every longing we have is fulfilled in him. Every desire we have is met in him. Everything lacking is filled in Christ. Every character, every story, every theme of scripture finds its meaning in Jesus. The whole story, even our lives, only find their meaning when we are in Christ himself. When that's where we center our lives. Because that's how we come to know God. It's all about Jesus and it's all about knowing God's heart poured out for us. And so Paul prays that we might come to a deeper knowledge of who God is of what he has done for us in Jesus Christ, how he has revealed himself, what that truth means for our lives and how we should live in response, that it would change us. And so I pray this same prayer for myself and for you, this congregation, on a regular basis because there is nothing more important for us than to come to know more deeply who God is and the truth of what he has done for you. See, Paul's prayer is that this truth would sink in and transform us. This isn't just about knowing how to answer every question. It's not about knowing the right answers. It's about being formed by the right answers, by having it sink in to who we are. It's not about having more knowledge and being able to answer and rebuke anyone who challenges us. It's about knowing the truth so deeply that it profoundly changes us in our day-to-day lives. That as we walk with God, as we talk with him, as we hear his words in scripture, and as we respond in prayer, that it might change who we are and how we understand our own lives. That's the point of this prayer, is that the gospel truth would move from our head to our heart, 
That's the longest 18 inches in the world is to get the truth from here to knowing how to answer the question in the right way to being formed by the right answer being formed by those questions that have been answered in Scripture and the truth of who Jesus is, to let that transform your heart and your mind. See, in Scripture, the heart is the center of a, of a human being. It's what drives us, what moves us. And so what's in your heart is what you desire most, what you long for most, what you're willing to suffer for, what you love most. Paul is praying that what we would love most, what we would know most deeply, is God and what he has done for us in Christ, the hope we have, and how that transforms our hearts and minds each and every day. But you can only know that truth as you're in Scripture. And as you respond in prayer, that's how it forms us as we meditate on God's Word. Certainly, certainly we need God's Word to shape us, to form us, to guide us. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us. But if we're not in God's word, we can't know the truth of God's story and God's work for us if we don't know what God has done. And that can only happen by being in God's word and hearing his story. You can't know what God has done if you never listen to what God has done. It sounds pretty simple, but that's the truth. That's why each and every week, we don't just come here and listen to five songs and one gospel reading and then do the sermon. That's why we have a liturgy that tries to tell the story of God and reinforce that message of scripture. It's why we start with the invocation, remembering God has created us. It's why we confess our sin and the fall in confession and absolution. It's why we go through this liturgy that tells the story again and again and drives us back to God. It's why each and every week we don't just have one reading, but we have three readings from every part of the story because we need to know the whole story to know the picture of who God is. We need to know all of what God has done to see his love, to see his mercy, to see his steadfastness, to see his righteousness and his holiness before us, to see the beauty of God. We need to see the whole picture, not just part of it. See, it's all about Jesus. And that's why on a regular basis we come to the Lord's table and we're called to remember. So we're called to remember this meal. This meal that first and foremost was about the Passover. Jesus gathered with his disciples and they were to remember God's deliverance of the people from slavery in Egypt where they felt there was no hope. And as they gathered together, Jesus took the bread to remind them of, of God's provision and he broke it. And he said, this bread that God provides for you, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then he took the cup that would have been filled with warm water, with warm wine to symbolize the blood of the lamb shed for the sins of the people, spread over the doorways. And he takes that cup of wine and he says, this cup is my blood, which is shed for you, for your forgiveness. It was always about Christ. The whole story from Genesis to Revelation is all about Christ. And it's all about how we're brought into his kingdom. See, this story, this scripture, this message that we come back to again and again is all about knowing who God is in a deeper way and letting that define us in a deeper way. Letting that shape who we are so that we might be shaped by the gospel truth of who Jesus is each and every day. So I'd invite you to pray with me. The words of Paul paraphrased, they'll be on the screen. Let us pray together. 
God of our Lord Jesus Christ, glorious Father, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. Enlighten the eyes of our hearts in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us, the riches of your glorious inheritance in your holy people and your incomparably great power for us who believe. Amen.